0: my
1: Five minutes after six a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. <laughs>
2: I no, no.
3: Shem Kito.
0: with everybody The world did. I put the words that, I put the words that we should never be afraid. Sukkat Shlomicha, shalom. shalom suka chome da suka So, the
4: Shall be khair yehi inshallah be khair lay shala wa bi ar mena isayir inshallah mara inshallah mara layel Ye yeah, shall the brapha vishala <laughs>
0: i <laughs>
1: Wednesday morning, it's JM in the AM. Good morning, everybody. Dedicating the initial part of our broadcast this morning to the uh, amazing of Rumi Finkelstein and to the incredible Mark Zamek, both of whom were uh, jumping into action, it seems, all through the night to make sure that our app is um, working properly and getting you the programming you love. So I thank both of them very, very much. Shalom Rav, that's Baruch Levine. You heard Shlomo Katz in there with Ufros. Loma speak lehodot. Udi Davidi. Eitan Katz with Gam Kila Olam Olam Chazdo done by Joey Newcomb. And, of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Wednesday on this June 3rd, the 11th of Sivun, 63 degrees, 91.1% humidity. Winds are West at 6 miles per hour. Strong afternoon thunderstorms. If you're in the New York area, be careful. They're talking about massive winds and thunderstorms and hail for this afternoon. So be careful. High of 85. Scattered thunderstorms tonight, low 67. Tomorrow, partly cloudy and a high of 82 degrees. 72 right now in Yerushalayim. We're at 63 in New York. As we say good morning at JM in the AM praying that our uh, government officials and police forces are able to uh, put an end to the looting and violence that we continue to see in the major cities around the United States. Joining us later on in this broadcast, Dr. Stuart Ditchick, a corona update from somebody who has been uh, on the front lines of corona reporting since March. Uh, Dr. Ditchick will join us about 7.35. Sivan Rahav Meir, the journalist, author, commentator. She'll join us at about 8.30 this morning. She's in Israel. We'll speak with with her during today's broadcast. And don't forget, tomorrow, everyone seems to be talking about this. Tomorrow, Rabbi Mayer, you did. Rabbi Mayer, you did. The uh, Power of Tranquility is the brand new book. The Power of Tranquility, illuminating the Torah path to peace of mind. Um... Rabbi Mayer you did joins us tomorrow, 7.35 Eastern time here at JM in the AM. You could go to uh, artscroll.com, enjoy your 15% discount by using promo code radio. Go to artscroll.com, 15% off when you use promo code radio. Um, all right, there you go. Here we are on a Wednesday morning broadcast at JM and the AM. This is one of the uh, brand new selections from uh, Aish volume number three. A.B. Rottenberg, Shlomo Simcha and Company. Um, this is the one that features Benny Friedman. It's called Rachamana. Aish volume three at JM and the AM.
0: Rahmo no Dio, ne, deone la ne, deone la Of
5: In two, in two, in two, in two, in two, in two, in wie in two, 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 in in two, in two, in two, in two, in two, I shout to him my I of ich will of the I I was uns a shero neikhim btsav hayom lo inifleisin velo yire khoi ki am hazos a shero neikhim hayom lo inifleisin velo yire khoi ki am hazos a shero neikhim hayom lo inifleisin velo yire khoi ki am hazos a shero neikhim
1: down done by the Werdigers. Mitzvah, that was OHAD. Avraimel, Avram Fried brand new with the medley from Project Relax with Avram Fried that is brand new. Gershon Veroba's Bioma Who, Aish had Rachamana. Wednesday morning at America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web and alchemseagel.com and the Nalcolm Network. And of course, on the beloved NSN app, this portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A and H, Abels and Hyman, Kosher Hot Dog Sausage and Delhi. Is the world's best. Keep in mind, the grads and dads as you go to KosherDogs.net and get some special gifts for the uh, for the uh, Father's Day gifts and for the graduation gifts. Enjoy a ten percent discount with promo code Radio. KosherDogs.net, ten percent with promo code Radio. Check it out. Also, our friends at ArtScroll remind you that Rabbi Mayer, you did, is going to be our guest tomorrow morning. 7.35 a.m. Eastern Time here on Jam and the AM. The book is called The Power of Tranquility. That book and the brand new uh, Our Man in Jerusalem book available for the 15% discount and free shipping. If you use promo code radio, go to artscroll.com. Galaitzal, Israel Army Radio 2 p.m. newscast for Wednesdays next. Boker from Jam and
2: the Am. עשר לביטחון התנועים אוכנה מגיב על פרשת מוטו של יעד אל חלק בעל צרכים מיוחדים שנורא למוות על ידי שוטרים במזרח ירושלים ואומר, ייבדק אופן הטיפול בבעלי מוגבלויות. צריך לבדוק את אופן הטיפול בבעלי מוגבלויות, הזיהוי של בעלי מוגבלויות, ההבחון, אם אפשר בשטח כמובן, אי אפשר לעשות הרבה בשטח, אבל אולי יש ניואנסים, אולי יש דברים שאפשר להבין, ובכך למנוע הישנות של מקרים. مع الصوق هذا قد امر عصره روحانه كي اسور شهفغنات المخاء بارضات بريطانيا الى اسرائيل بתוך كح كتبه يوفال سغب موسر ארבעים ושניים בתי ספר בסך הכל. ראש ריית בר שבע, רוביק דנילוביץ' קורא אצל אמיר איבגי יש לאפשר למנהלי בתי הספר להחליט על דרכי פעולה. רק המנהלים, ואת אני גם מפקיע זה מידי, לתת את הכללים הברורים למה שקשור לתנאי סניטציה, לכל מה שקשור אל התנאים התברואתיים, להנחיות הברורות בתחומי הבריאות, הדברים האחרים פה ניתן להם לקבל את ההחלטות עד שהדברים ידברו. תופעת הגנבות מבסיס צהלים, סגן הרמטכאל שוחח עם סגן המפכאל על עידוק השמירה על בסיס צהלים ושיבח את תפקוד הלוחמים מול הבדואים. מדבר כתבנו הצבאי צחי דבוש.
6: סגן הרמטכאל אלוף אייל זמיר ציין לטובה את תפקודם של קציני צהל בהיבט המבצעי במהלך השוד מבסיס לפני יומיים. הקצינים ביצעו מרדף אחר השולדים הבדואים ובתגובה. מפקד החטיבה בצהלים
0: סיכם בתחקיר כי הם שגו. מנגד האלוף זמיר דווקא גיבה את הלוחמים וחטב. הם חתרו לסיכול ניסיון הגניבה וניסו למנוע אותה בטרם מועבר הטיפול
6: המשטרה.
2: בגלל טעות הקלדה, הקשיש בין 94 בירושלים נכנס בעשרת אלפים שקל על הפעלת בר בדרום תל אביב. הביית הפרטים כתבת חום המשטרה, ליאס פילקין.
0: הקשיש, שלא עזבת ביתו כבר חודשים ברקע
4: הקורונה, נכנס בטענה שהוא מפעיל בר לאוכלוסייה הזרה בניגוד להנחיות. לטענתו, כשפנה למשטרה ענו לו, קודם תשלם ואז נבדוק. לאחר פנייתנו התברר כיכל הטעות הקלדה, ולכן הדוחות נשלחו אליו במקום לבעלי
0: הבר הארטראי. במשטרה התנצלו והתחייבו לבטל הקנס. הכנס.
2: מזג האוויר למחר עלייה נקראת בטמפרטורות שתהיה נרגילות לעונה. בשעות הצהריים תתחזק נערוכות הצפוניות לאורך החוף ובדרום הארץ ייתכן גשם מקומי קל. אלה אחד השעות
0: Fia aqui, te rila, oh, tigila.
7: 好15 minutes long There will be service All in
0: school
7: And then If you will land the And I and I and 你看 I'm going
0: My Zadie lived with us in my parents' home He used to laugh, he put me on his knee He spoke about his life in Poland He spoke, but with a bitter memory He spoke about the soldiers who would beat him They laughed at him, they tore his long black coat. And he spoke about a synagogue that they burnt down. And the crying that was heard beneath the smoke. But Zadie made us laugh. Zadie made us sing. And Zadie made a kiddish Friday night. Sadie, oh my Zadie, how I loved him so. And Zadie used to teach me wrong from right. His eyes lit up when he would teach me Tola. He taught me every line so carefully. He spoke about our slavery. How God took us out To make us free But winter went by Summer came along I went to camp To run and play And when I came back home They said, Sadie's gone And all his books were packed and stored away I don't know how or why it came to be It happened slowly over many years We just stopped being Jewish like my Zadie was And no one cared enough to shed a tear Zadie made us laugh Zadie made us sing And Zadie made us Seder Pesach night And Zadie, oh my Zadie How I loved him so Zadie used to teach me Wrong from right Many winters went by Many summers came along And now my children sit in front of me And who will be the Zadies of my children Who will be their Zadie if not me Oh, who will be the Zadies of our children who will be their Zadie's if not we? But Zadie made us laugh. Zadie made us sing. And Zadie made a kiddish Friday night. And Zadie, oh my Zadie, how I love him so. And Zadie used
1: to teach me wrong from right. J.M. in the A.M. with the uh, Yes Legacy album and Shlomo Katz doing the classic My Zadie. Pretty amazing, huh? Yaakov Shweki's medley. Svar done by Yossi Green off the eighth note. You heard Omeka oh, Dover and Echad Yachid and Hashem Tzvassai Tiftach. That was Aryeh Künstler to open up the hour here at JM in the AM. A reminder of A Mayor You Did is our guest tomorrow morning at about 7.35. The book is called The Power of Tranquility, Illuminating the Torah Path to Peace of Mind. A reminder that our friends at Artscroll are offering this at a 15% discount to our listeners. Also the book Our Man in Jerusalem by Nachman Seltzer, which we spoke about on Monday. That's being offered at 15% off as well with free shipping and the uh, and the whole deal. Uh, make sure when you go to artscroll.com, use promo code radio. Again, artscroll.com, promo code radio. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas and Esther Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk.
8: Good morning. The Talmud and Tainus tells us that we learn, Rabbi Broca once asked when he found him in the marketplace, whether there was anyone in the marketplace who was a Ben Olom Habah who had a portion in the next world when two men passed by Eliyuan Novi said these two have a share in the world to come Reb approached them and he asked them what's their occupation what do they do and they said we are jesters when we see people that are sad and depressed we cheer them up when we see two people quarreling we strive to make peace between them Rashi explains that their peacemaking rule was a ticket to the world to come because our Chachomim tell us that someone who brings peace between two people is rewarded, both this world and in the next. The Ma'asho asks, what is the connection between cheering up a depressed person and the Olam Abba? We learn that Hashem empathizes with the suffering of even a Bala aveira, someone who is a sinner, who is executed for his crime? Adamit We learn in Chagiga at the time when a person has pain, when a time that a person is troubled. Shchina, What does Shchina say? Kalani kalani My head is heavy. My arm is heavy. Every Jew has a chelik and olam but his connection is only in the hereafter. Rebroika wanted to meet a person that was a citizen of that world even now whose life reflected those other worldly values, but he was only a tourist in this world. The two people who were Badchanim had the perspective of Hashem being unhappy if one of his creations were unhappy. They had a sensitivity to Hashem's happiness that was motivated to cheer up the people that were sad. That meant they were citizens of Olam Abba, even while they were still here on earth. The fact that Rebroika asked Eliyuan Novi in the marketplace exactly who was a member of Olam Abba, it seems difficult. And that exchange is fascinating because we realize that it all depends on our care and sensitivity for a fellow Jew. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik have a nice day
1: jam in the am on a wednesday uh well our good friend dr Stuart ditchick a uh, great um uh pediatrician doctor author lecturer founder of uh co-founder of kids of courage and wonderful guest on the air um is with us live via telephone i felt it was important to get an update after i don't know what this is already week 12 week 13 of everybody being relatively isolated i know that uh there are certain things opening up, and I also know that people are very anxious about what's coming this Monday in New York when finally the five boroughs joins the rest of New York State and actually starting to officially reopen. So I figured we should get his reaction to a bunch of uh, a bunch of information that is out there. Dr. Stuart Ditchik, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. How are you? Baruch Hashem. Dr. Anthony Fauci is somewhat optimistic. He wasn't happy that some certain news was leaked about... Uh, about medical trials, uh, but he is somewhat optimistic about a potential vaccine before the end of 2020. He doesn't know how potent that vaccine may be. He's wondering about the strength and or weakness of a vaccine that's out by 2020. What's your reaction to this story?
9: So what Dr. Fauci voiced, I believe, and appropriately so, was he's, he has guarded optimism about the vaccine. He, you have to remember, he's a scientist with the National Institute of Health, And uh, he's one of the very, very talented people and educated people who look at the results. Uh, You know, what his warning is that people should understand that we don't just like we don't understand the short term immunity that people get once they've had the virus. We don't yet understand or have the data to support how long the vaccine will offer immunity at all. Uh, When we see we see from flu vaccine that the immunity conferred by the vaccine is several months. Uh, over a period of a flu season. Uh, His question is, will it be several months? Will it be a year? Will it be two years? Will people need multiple doses of the vaccine? He didn't have the answer to any of those because none of us do right now. And I think Dr. Fauci was correctly expressing cautious optimism.
1: Um, So even if there will be a vaccine, nobody can predict, uh, as you just said, what the protocol will be, how often it has to be taken uh, what type of potency it'll have. There are a lot of questions that really need to be answered, that's for sure. Um, while we're on the topic of vaccination and, um, and immunization, uh, before we actually talk about the, the, uh, the, the, the exact topic of vaccination, uh, is there any further evidence that one who has had COVID or one who's testing positive for antibodies is either forever or for a season immune?
9: No, the answer to uh, that question is no. We, nobody in the scientific world that I'm aware of that's studying COVID uh, immunity uh, has said that you have a seasonal immunity to COVID. I wish that were the case. If that were the case, we would be in very, very good shape throughout the world right now with the number of people who've had COVID. Uh, what we do know is that the sicker you are, generally the more antibodies you make Uh, We also know that those antibodies, at least in a percent, in the mildly affected people, we believe over a period of weeks, the IgG antibodies uh, that develop after five to seven days tend to decrease somewhat over a few weeks. We don't know yet whether you have long-term memory cell immunity uh, from uh, having a COVID infection. What we believe is that people who've had COVID, who have very significant antibody reactions, at least have probably some short-term immunity from getting it again. That's what we believe currently. Uh, However, the data is out on that. The task force working group that I'm part of uh, had a meeting about this this past week, uh, and there was not an expert on the phone who had any differing view on that. Including immunologists who were working on the antibody studies. So we don't know yet what the antibodies mean. What the antibodies are useful for right now, other than treatment, we believe for seriously sick COVID patients, what the antibodies are useful for are telling us that a patient, that a person did have the infection. That it appears to be very useful for. It is not yet useful for telling somebody whether they've had immunity, and that would be a huge error for us to make that mistake.
1: You know that that a lot of people are making that error, right?
9: Oh, of course. (laughs) You know, I I have this every day. I've gotten uh, phone calls every day from people who are uh, telling others, uh, uh, I can now go see Grandma and Grandpa. I measured positive for antibodies. Uh, I can go to the hospital and visit a COVID patient. I've measured positive for antibodies. Uh, It's fascinating to me how people will misuse information. And quite frankly, there have been physicians and clinicians in our own communities who have disseminated that information incorrectly, despite uh, being told that this is not an immunity test. So uh, I'm disappointed when I hear it. I think we have to learn very much from the experiences across the world now, including in Israel, which we'll talk about in a minute. But, no, it is not an immunity test. And yes, it is indicative that you've had the infection.
1: And I promised, as I vaguely referenced a couple of minutes ago, that we'd uh, ask you about the immunization through vaccine because there are people in our community, as you know, and other communities who will do anything uh, to prevent uh, vaccinations uh, being added to the list of vaccines that are being recommended and in most schools are required in order for a child uh, to attend. Um With that in mind, I think, and I think you and I discussed this on the air already once during all these COVID updates, with that in mind, we all have to be prepared for a major campaign against the vaccine and a good part of that campaign likely, unfortunately, coming from our community.
9: Yes, and to be clear, uh, the last two weeks, the vitriol against me and others like me who are advocating on behalf of patients from the anti-vaccine community has been horrible. Uh, yesterday, they put out a uh, a fake uh, picture of me on a news channel with a heading under it saying, pediatrician reverses uh, opinion on uh, uh, pandemic no longer a threat. Uh, I have to tell you that they also recently, uh, somebody's been sending me, they put together little blurbs. They cut and paste my voice uh, to come out with messages that try to uh, um, uh, make the messenger look foolish. So this is what I want to say to the public. If you see reasonable clinicians who appear to be sending a message that sounds crazy, it's probably from that community. Uh, And this is a warning to everybody. Uh, I've seen this misinformation campaign during the measles outbreak, during the whooping outbreak years ago, whooping cough. Um, The public has to be aware that the anti-vaccine community is going through great lengths already to discredit those of us who are trying to encourage people to get a vaccine once it's safe, vaccine exists. Uh, they will go through great lengths to scare the public. It's going to happen. It's happening already. What I will tell you is that if the FDA approves these vaccines, and I hope that they will approve at least the ones that are, you know, are currently being studied here in the U.S. and several of them abroad, uh, we need to make sure all of us get the vaccine. And one thing I promise you, not a child in New York State will be allowed into school without a COVID vaccine. That, I guarantee you, those discussions have taken place already, uh, I'm sure, at the city and state level.
1: Dr. Stuart Ditchick's with us. What did you want to mention about Israel?
9: So Israel's a cautionary tale for everybody. I think everybody has to pay close attention to what's going on in Israel this morning. Currently, there's 30-plus schools uh, closed down over the last two and a half weeks. Israel opened up the schools at the same time that they opened up Uh, shuls, restaurants, other institutions, and apparently they overshot. Uh, This is data directly from Israel this morning. Over 30 schools are currently in closure. There's 10,000-plus students in quarantine, and uh, there's a debate going on between the education ministry and the health ministry. The health ministry wants every school closed down again. Uh, The education ministry is saying we'll only shut down schools where a single COVID case appears. But the cautionary tale is that Israel thought they were through it. And by the way, Israel's a much more sophisticated testing country than we are. Uh, They have testing, tracking. They use iPhone and smartphone technology. They they... enforce with police officers. Right, I was just going to say they
1: enforce it, right?
9: Yeah, they're much stricter than we are. And they overshot, uh, even with their strict enforcement. So they're threatening even further closures beyond the schools. And unfortunately, Most of the COVID ICUs that closed two weeks ago have now been reopened in Israel. So I want to caution everybody. This is very important for us to pay attention to Israel, not only in how they've dealt with it in a positive way, but how they're looking at themselves from introspection to see how they could reverse and do it better a second time around, because they're terrified of a surge. And by the way, their surge was their initial cases weren't even a fraction of the ones we had in the United States. And it has to do with the way we roll out things in the next month or so. And I think we need to pay attention to Israel.
1: And for those of us who are pining to travel to Israel, I think we got to come to the reality that it's going to be a lot longer than we think before they allow anybody in from any other country, especially the New York, New Jersey area.
9: Correct. That is correct.
1: Uh, Dr. Stuart Ditchick is with us. All right. Um, look, you know, here I, I can't speak for some of the. For some of the minyanim that have taken place over the last ten weeks, uh, you and I and, and thousands of others are, are angry that our brothers uh, and sisters, because a lot of our brothers' wives endorsed it, um, you know, put put other people in the community in danger uh, during Pesach and and the weeks before and the weeks after. And we've discussed this a million times, and you have had very strong words about how you regard them as quote unquote members of the community going forward. Uh, I do want to say, however that there were minyanim that took place on Shavuos that I think if you saw them you would say to yourself you would say i'm not i'm not putting words in your mouth that you would have endorsed them but you would have said kolakavo that at least the rabbis of those minyanim really did in a large sanctuary keep 10 people and only 10 completely separate everybody in masks one balkoray, you know who got all the alias nobody touched anything people wore gloves etc etc and i and i think you would have said that about some of the minyanim that took place with all that in mind, and knowing that the OU uh, restrictions are, are starting to be lifted because of the two week uh, deadline that's being met, and knowing what's going on in New York State in general, has your opinion about and also keeping in mind that certain Torah giants, to their credit, have announced publicly that right now they're out of school indefinitely? They are at their age, they have said they are out of school indefinitely, and you know, they're not in discouraging the OU or others, you know, to encourage others to open up, but they have said. I'm out, I, I care too much about my health, and it's a requirement halakhically to care about my health. I'm not going back. With all that in mind, what is your opinion right now about gatherings for religious services in our community?
9: So I think the shuls that have been following guidelines strictly, I'm incredibly proud of. Uh, there are many, many of those shuls that are following rigid guidelines with enforcement by gabaim, which I think are beautiful, and, and I'm incredibly impressed with how that's being done. However, there are many shuls, and we all know the truth, that are not following guidelines in terms of enforcing spacing and masks. Uh, and there's one shul in my community uh, that actually had uh, uh, somebody came to speak to me about it over Yontif. They had 11 senior citizens, 70-plus, Davening and the Minion. Uh Three of them were wearing masks in my own community, 70-plus. And what I was told when they came to me is that there, uh, apparently – the, the seniors told them my doctor said it was okay. So that's where the rub lies. I think for every shul that is following the rules and not allowing seniors to dive in with that minion and not allowing high riskers in and enforcing masks, we have to be cognizant that there are many shuls at least in the Brooklyn area that are breaking the rules and they cannot break the rules. Those that are following the rules, let's model ourselves after them because they should be commended and I'm proud that they're following those rules. I agree with you wholly. But we have to be careful. There's a lot of complacence going on within certain elements of our community, uh, our communities uh, worldwide and countrywide. And we can't be complacent. Uh, This virus has not left us yet. You know, Israel yesterday declared, they published, uh, they tested uh, uh, many people for the antibody. And they were surprised to find out that with the greatest measures in place, uh, only um, a very small number of them, about two two and a half percent, had immunity—not immunity, but had antibodies present. Which means, uh, and I want people to understand the number they came up with. Uh, the Israeli study showed that when you do testing, it reflects only about ten percent of the people who currently had the vi- or past had the virus. So, in Israel, they currently have two thousand active cases uh, that are documented, which reflects. 20,000 active cases. So it's 10 times the number that it appears to be based on testing. So the cautionary tale for shuls is please stay to the rules. As Nuffin just said, if you see shuls are breaking rules, do not attend those shuls. Go to a shul that's following the guidelines. That's my view. And as far as the Godolim and and those who are not attending shul, they are correct. Seniors and older individuals who are high risk should not be attending indoor minyanim right
1: now. And, um, and 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 you admire those people over sixty five who have the self awareness, t- and those with, with preconditions who have the self awareness to make that decision. And many of them saying it publicly. Uh, and um, and by the way, Doctor Dietrich, I, I have to point out, uh, I, I wasn't even aware of this till I saw. I think it was a Wall Street Journal graph that I saw. We know that there are unfortunately plenty, too many people in our community and in other communities uh, in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s, in their 20s and 30s who have died. We know that. But until I saw this graph, I did not realize just how overwhelmingly the majority, how overwhelming a majority of people who died has been people over 65 and 70. I mean, the numbers are staggering. So those, who, are. So those who don't think that that group, should think differently than other groups you're out of your mind because we're talking about 70 80 percent of all covid deaths in this country in that age group and that's really scary
9: which is exactly the data that i gave the week of purim if you remember correctly that was the data we had from uh from china and from the european experience but more importantly remember uh yes the deaths were dramatically over the age of 70 75 and continue to be however many of those Were contacted or infected by asymptomatic people people who showed no signs of infection and that's what the real message is the death rate we know what it is but we don't know yet what the infection rate is from asymptomatic people to them so we need to understand that we don't understand everything about this virus right now Uh, we're figuring it out with time but i will tell you the greatest experts in this country all agree that after three months of struggling this battle we still don't have a good handle. We still don't have a single drug treatment that is fully effective against COVID or very effective against COVID. And we still, unfortunately, don't have a vaccine until sometime later this year. So caution is the name of the game.
1: Um, We don't have to go, especially if you don't want to, because I know it's a controversial topic. We don't have to go into statements you've made in the past about it, but I'm just curious if your uh, view of hydrochloroquine is any different today than it was?
9: So hydrochloroquine is a hot-button topic, as you know. I will tell you that the data to date of the studies that have been done are not very promising about hydroxychloroquine. At the early stages of the pandemic, I was a very strong advocate of using hydroxychloroquine on ultra-high-risk patients. I did use it on ultra-high-risk patients, especially my Kids of Courage, campers, we used it on quite a few of them during the early stages of the pandemic, as well as people in my community who had very high risk, ultra high risk. And thank God most of them did phenomenally. However, that's not a study. That's called anecdotal experience. So my experience should not reflect policy, nor should any other doctor's single experience. The studies to date are not very good, and the the task force that I'm part of and the working group of Voluntary physicians who are part of it, who are experts, pretty much unanimously agree that although hydroxy probably has a role, uh, possibly, possibly in early cases, um, it's not very good right now. The data is not supporting the benefits that we believed it had early on. We did use it aggressively early on because, quite frankly, we had no choices. We had no treatments for desperate people who were gasping for air at the early stages of COVID when they were getting very sick at home. So, yes, we did think more of it uh, several weeks back. Uh, Today the scientists have not been giving a positive experience with hydroxy, and overall it's a negative so far.
1: I think one of the reasons that people love hearing what you have to say on this topic and other medical issues is your your, uh, obvious honesty. Uh, And and you gave gave, gave us a real honest account of that experience. And by the way, this is a good time to point out, and maybe the anti-vaxxers should pay careful attention to this, you and nobody else in the world of science uh, is saying that you're 100% right about anything, but you make decisions and you try to save lives based on the current information that we now have. If that information changes or if the experience as you just indicated changes, obviously you and others will adjust. That's what life is all about, not just in medicine. But in anything, and when, when you right. when you or anyone else in this country recommends a vaccine, you are doing so based on the knowledge of the scientific world, the medical world, and the rabbinic world, and all that together, putting it together and making a recommendation of you know this is the best way for society to move forward. And I think that that often, uh, you know, because of the, the conspiracy theorists out there, I think often that they, they completely ignore that. That everybody in all those worlds together, based on the information they have, is trying to, you know, make a decision and release information and make suggestions that are best and most appropriate for these times.
9: Right. And, and it takes a lot for physicians to look back at ourselves right, right. and say whether we've done something wrong. Right. Possibly. Right. I'm one of them. I, you know, I was, I, as I said with hydroxy, I was one of the advocates early on at the beginning when we were desperate. Uh, at this point, I, I am not. And when a doctor tells you they don't know, that's the doctor you should be listening to. Yeah. Uh, because the ones who know are the ones who aren't in the know.
1: Right. My my father used to quote the Mishnah Tov Shaburo from Le meaning that those doctors who think they know it all and don't know that it all comes from the one above and the knowledge that he imparts on them, uh, that, uh, unfortunately, that is where they belong. Those who are ready to do what you just did uh, obviously deserve a much better fate, to say the least. <laughs> so, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> trust me on that one. Uh, um, all right, the message is very simple. I don't know if your opinion on other things has changed. I know that outdoor activities, you'd have to agree. I mean, I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Outdoor activities or outdoor minyunim that are safe and following the guidelines we described <laughs> earlier are safer than indoor, right? Anything outdoor is going to be safer. That's one of the things we've learned over the last few weeks, correct?
9: Correct. However, with caution, Uh, we now know from the aerosol studies that I posted recently uh, from MIT and some of the other institutions that aerosol, uh, micro aerosol droplets do remain uh, suspended in outdoor environments as well, not just indoor. Right. Uh, We learned that recently. I posted it on, on social media. I wanted people to learn about that because outdoors is safer, but not completely safe. Uh, that's very important for people to realize. I also would just mention, everybody's asking me about camps and day camps. Right. Right. Again, it's a cautionary tale. I want people to understand I'm excited about society reopening uh, here in New York, as we all are. We need to get back to normal. We need to get people back to work. We need to get everything back to normal in a safe and very cautious way. I'm super excited that there's going to be openings of businesses and whatnot next week. Um, quite frankly, I wish they would open them this week, but with the riots and everything, right. it's become even more difficult. Uh, but I want to say something about camps, because the Israeli school experience may not be different than what our camp experience is going to be. The it, it, Once Israel opened up schools, and they were pretty confident, you see within two weeks there are closures now because of spread amongst children. Right. And that spread amongst children did spread to the older popular, uh, population, high-risk population, as a result. That we know that is a fact right now. Um, now, Israel is not us. They had different demographics, different experience overall. The, the one thing I will tell you, if and when camps do open, and even with the best safety measures, and I've been asked to consult from many camps and schools even for the fall. I'm now consulting with several schools here in the New York area um, how to reopen safely. Uh, but one thing I want people to understand, reopening doesn't mean you're going to be reopened two weeks later. If there's spread of infection within any camp, whether it's a day camp or a sleepaway camp, I promise you that the health departments will have to get involved and figure out whether that camp can remain open right. uh, and whether or what quarantine measures need to take place going forward. That's number one. Number two, on a positive note, and this is something we're all davening for, one of the greatest, uh, when I daven now, this is what I have in mind, that the virus will hopefully become quote unquote seasonal in other words, it'll dissipate over the summer, and hopefully we won't see it again until the fall when we're better prepared, both hospital-wise and vaccine-wise. However, I'm going to remind everybody that the swine flu, which started, I believe, in Memorial Day 2009, stayed with us the whole summer right. and disappeared just at the end of August, only to reappear in October. Um, so, and, and swine flu was a lot less serious than than coronavirus. So. I want people to understand we don't know the predictions yet on what the behavior of the virus will be this summer here in the New York area or anywhere throughout the country. We just don't know. Uh, We will figure it out. But understand that when they say a camp is opening, you don't be disappointed if there are modifications to those openings once cases occur. If we're fortunate, the virus will have less activity in the summer months, and we won't see any effect on camps. But that's a big if, and we need to wait for that data to see how the virus behaves.
1: And with the proper precautions and the proper guidance by, again, rabbis, medical, board of health, etc., um, you, you it sounds like you would not be shocked if a, a good number of schools open up in September.
9: Yeah, I think the schools will open. Uh, I think they're going to have different versions of opening. Uh, I've heard of one school in Manhattan that's actually not opening till November. Uh, they believe that the vaccine will be out in October, and that's what they're planning on. Uh, I have another school, uh, two schools in Brooklyn that I consulted with in the last 48 hours that uh, wants to open in September. We're giving them guidelines now on what the classroom will look like, uh, what the screening procedures will be every morning what the response procedures will be if a kid develops infection in a classroom or a teacher, uh, how staff has to be screened. We're developing very sophisticated guidelines for the schools to reopen. And again, you know, life should be okay around September, I hope. And people have to understand that right after the Yom Tobin, if God is good to us, we will have a vaccine if, if Hashem is good to us and the studies continue to show positive results.
1: Dr. Dietrich, I will continue to pray for you. Please continue to pray for me.
9: Thank you. No, I appreciate the voice out there, the voice of reason that you give. And and I want people to understand that what you're doing, what so many clinicians are doing that I know uh, is saving lives. and And it really doesn't matter that certain elements of our communities are critical of you or me. Uh, because if you're not critical of somebody, they're not saying the proper message. Of course, people are going to be critical. Uh, but I have to tell you, 99% plus of the messages I get are supportive and positive, And I want to thank everybody for that. I My wife was floored, Erev Shavuos, with the number of gifts we got from strangers, people we did not know uh, who sent gifts and packages and letters. And it was overwhelming. I, I We were floored. We, we We have a freezer full of Cakes from Shavuos. And, Dr. Dietrich, uh, if you're
1: going to follow the advice you give me, those will stay in the freezer.
9: <laughs> Don't worry, nothing. They
1: haven't stayed in yet. <laughs> <laughs> They've already been out, huh?
9: Exactly. <laughs> They've already
1: escaped. <laughs> Dr. Including D- this morning. <laughs> Dr. Dietrich, all, all, the, all the gifts and accolades are uh, are certainly warranted. Thank you again, and stay well. Thank you, Nachum. Be well. The great Dr. Stuart Ditchick at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and nachumsegel.com and the Siegel Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app.
6: Nafshi
0: khamda Oh So Loni pone onam kamim yavo voku uchazak u khazak bi akol elukim u gadol <anecdote> loni kulam otamin shna israil mitakshim el akol od is close, it's near, but it's the second. The time is short, we're lucky, it's You're thinking again, you're are In When I was a kid, I was a kid, I was a kid, Semah dovidovidovidov deho be It's
1: J.M. and the A.M. Es Zemach Dovid done by um, uh, Benny Friedman. Before that, Chazakim, brand new from Maishi Tischler. Nafshi was Yishai Rebo by request here at uh, J.M. and the A.M. I want to thank those of you who've been uh, donating to our 2020 fundraising campaign. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you have not yet done so, please follow the example of people like our friends Gary and Riva who gave 10 times high yesterday at fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Listener Arlene, who has signed on to be a monthly donor, which means a total of, um, I think it's $216, if I'm not mistaken, when it's 18 per month, whatever it is. So thank you to listener Arlene. Um, and anybody out there who goes to fjbunity.org, you can go ahead and make a decision on the spot if you want to be a monthly donor or just a one-time donor. Uh, I want to thank uh, listener listener um, uh, Zlati, listener Zlati, who donated with much appreciation to your excellence and devotion in memory of Nat and Millie Stender. Thank you very much. A lot of people from the old days certainly remember Nat and Millie. Uh, I want to thank listener Arthur, a three times high donation, all at fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. And again, you have your opportunity to help us, to support us, to keep us going. I, I mentioned uh, more than once during this COVID epidemic that we have five revenue streams essentially here. Uh, a combination of everything you hear, uh, sponsored shows, straightforward announcements like our friends from A&H, et cetera. Um, It's a total of five. One of them is, fundra- one of them is fundraising, uh, a la the Channel 13 model. It's the only way to survive, frankly, and to do what we do on a daily basis. We, we are so limited now in terms of the revenue streams that are bringing in any revenue <laughs> because of COVID. Uh, we can't travel, do shows from Israel, things like that. So we're asking you to please be as generous as possible and make our campaign a success. FJBunity.org, FJBunity.org, FJBunity.org. You know, I wanted to mention, speaking of community, I wanted to mention that our community and specifically our Mizrahi synagogue and community here in the Lower East Side of Manhattan lost a very special friend yesterday. Not, not COVID-related, unfortunately. He's been sick for a while. And that's our wonderful friend, Lou Arf. And I know there are other people in the greater Jewish community who knew Lou. He had friends everywhere. And um, he passed away yesterday morning after a, uh, an illness of quite some time. And the Lou is one of those people. And please, God, I hope every community has people like this, who simply was completely devoted to his uh, synagogue and his tradition. Uh, regular, hardworking men who loved life, who loved everything we love about life, um, but had such a, such, such a space in his heart and in his schedule for daily shurim, Lectures whenever they'd come up at the Bialystoker Synagogue uh, to be in shul with us in the Mizrahi every Shabbos uh, to be by in the Mizrahi and take that role very seriously to purchase the food for the kiddish and take care of so much behind the scenes stuff and took that very seriously. I think you know the type of person I'm describing because I, I would pray that every synagogue has at least one. And. um and he passed away yesterday, a terrible loss for us in the Mizrahi community here and a tr- tremendous loss for the Lower East Side. I mentioned to someone yesterday that when he, would, uh, when he would decide where to go for Yontif if he was going away with his wife, um, it was not just the facility and the price and, the, and the, the, the caterer that was a consideration. It was also who the guest speakers were. Who would he learn from? Would he enjoy the people who are presenting, etc., cetera, et cetera. And a lot of people who run programs in the area uh, here, um, certainly, uh, certainly knew him. Uh, so today's his funeral via zoom. Um, and, um, it's difficult for us cause those who felt really close to him will not be able to pay the usual respects at a regular funeral service and ceremony at the, at the, uh, cemetery. Uh, but we will be zooming in and participating together as one community. And uh, our condolences to Barbara, his wonderful wife. Our condolences to, uh, to uh, Estee and her family and to Moshe and his family and to everybody uh, from the Nazi, his wonderful brother Ephraim and his uh, aunts and uncles and, uh, and all of us as friends who are so saddened by his passing and have such amazing memories. My kids, my kids, yesterday... Already started with such amazing memories of just being with him in Shul on Shabbos. So we remember Lou Arf, and I thank you for giving me the opportunity to remember him in this forum here on JM in the AM. Uh, this portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at ANH, and Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage and Delhi is the world's best. As you keep in mind the dads and grads during the month of June, check out kosherdogs.net. KosherDogs.net, 10% discount when you use promo code radio. No joke. 10% discount when you use promo code radio. Again, that is um, KosherDogs.net, KosherDogs.net. Use promo code radio uh, for your 10% discount. Tomorrow on this program, 7.35 in the morning, Rabbi Mayer, you did. Rabbi, you did is the author of The Power of Tranquility. It's an art scroll release. I am just learning just how popular Rabbi, you did is in the Sephardic uh, community, the Brooklyn community, and many other communities. Now he's going to be popular, really, in every other community with this Art Scroll book. Um, Those of you who want to buy the book and get a 15% discount, plus free shipping and everything else, between now and the 10th of June, you could buy The Power of Tranquility, and you could buy Our Man in Jerusalem, the book we spoke about Monday, by going to artscroll.com. Artscroll.com. Use promo code RADIO. Use promo code RADIO for the free shipping and everything else that they're guaranteeing you. Promo code RADIO, 15% off. Enjoy the brand new books at artsgirl.com. I'm sure you certainly will. Oh, by the way, I got a communique from uh, Shlymy Ash. You know Shlymy Ash. Many longtime listeners remember Shlymy. He says that June the 3rd, which is today, (laughs) um, it's funny because he says Yael's mother would call it a day that will live in infamy. Uh, (laughs) Uh, today is the Yael and Shlomi Ash's 35th wedding anniversary, 35th wedding anniversary. And I say Mazal Tov to the amazing young couple from all of us here at JM in the AM. So yes, 35 years. I know, I know. I don't know how Yael's done it, but she's done it to her credit. <laughs> and she knows that we're kidding. Um, but he, but uh, both the Yael and Shlomi are amazing. Their family is great. And it's wonderful to call them friends for all these years and, Of the 35 years they're married, I think I've been in regular touch with Shlaimi probably for 30 of them, (laughs) which is pretty cool. Uh, So happy anniversary, friends. Yael and Shlaimi, 35 years from all of us here at JM in the AM. Wednesday morning broadcast, plenty more coming up, uh, including Sivan Rahav Meir. Sivan Rahav Meir is coming up at 8.30 this morning from Israel. You Keep it here at JM in the AM.
0: time louder let's go the mountain
1: Both A Time Cats and Shlomo Cats. Pretty amazing off the brand new Live in Yerushalayim, volume number two. Pretty amazing song. They call it, they call the song Everlasting Love. And there's an amazing video as well that you can check out online from Live in Jerusalem, volume number two, Eitan Katz, who invited his uh, brother Shlomo on stage for that amazing selection. Wednesday morning on this June the 3rd, the 11th of Vun. Good morning, everybody. It is uh, a JMNAM broadcast. Reminder tomorrow of Mayer Did, or Mayor Mayer did, who's uh, making quite a reputation for himself. He's the uh, author of the brand new book, The Power of Tranquility. We speak with him tomorrow, 735 right here at JM and the AM. Well, Sivan Rahav Meir is an Israeli journalist and media personality who served as the Mizrahi World Movement Shlichat to North America. She broadcasts on radio and TV, writes for newspapers or shiurim on the weekly portion, or popular in Israel and abroad. She's got a whole bunch of accolades, plus she's married to the amazing Yadidya Meir, who we did the uh, concert with this past Monday for the Solomon family. Um... And uh, what, what happened was, you may recall that she and her husband and family were here in the United States. And then, for those of you who saw the documentary, they literally documented her, uh, her escape from New York. Remember the movie Escape from New York? <laughs> they, they documented her escape from New York to get back to Israel for the holiday of Pesach. She's got a brand new Mizrahi Bat Mitzvah initiative, which we'll get to after we hold on to her for a while and ask her a bunch of questions. Sivan Rahav Meir, Shalom, and welcome back to JM in the AM.
10: Wow! Wow! Shalom, Nachum. It's hard to relax after listening to that beautiful, beautiful song. <laughs> it remind me of uh, the Ashkodis, Ashkodis uh, uh, Shul. That's right. They sing it all the time. All the time they sing it there, where where by Weinberg and all the Katz family. And uh, wow, it was quite a reminder. What? And, what? You know, we we spent
1: eight beautiful months there, and. Uh, that was beautiful. The Wait a second. Songs. Wait a second, Sivan. You actually remember North Woodmere? You actually remember the five towns? <laughs> well, <dads? laughs>
10: it's hard to forget, you know. My husband says he admires two types of people. Those who make Aliyah from Northwood North, from Five Towns and those who live there and are not fat. I mean it's so <laughs> so convenient. So tasty. <laughs> so easy. Yeah. Uh yeah,
1: yeah. Would you say uh, would you and it's our first opportunity to speak to you since you're back in Israel would you say that your children had an overall happy experience here for sure they love
10: it wow. they, they're still in touch with the kids some of them still learn you know they went to great schools in the uh, and they lo- they're still in touch with even the teachers and the, the kids the, the friends they told me that in a few years we're going to have like 30 guests you know <laughs> that's right that gap, year, gap year so i understand they're all invited but i don't cook so well but they're all invited for Shabbatot because that's what americans do when they come yeah so uh yeah it was a
1: lot of shame uh just so, you know in terms of the technical stuff because people are so curious i mean we are assuming now that you and your family are staying in israel yeah, yeah, yeah. we're here back. We're back at home. We're we're here to stay.
10: We we want. I mean, the shlichut basically was really short. We thought we planned the second year, but we spent eight beautiful months in the States. We met so many communities. But uh, I think it's uh, you know enough is enough. When when the coronavirus really started, when when it got scary, you know, and and we did nothing because everything was canceled. Right. Basically, we we came back here. But I realized that um. The concept of shlichut, the concept of of being connected to our brothers and sisters abroad, is not limited, you know, to a physical place. And I think I I spend time with more communities than you know than even before through through Zoom. I mean, all the time. We right. just yesterday we had a beautiful event, uh, best shilah. It's a shul from Arizona, Rabbi Pinchas Alush, sure. And the community of the city of Zerot, we had a mutual, you know, event on Zoom together. They think about it. The city, um, so close to Gaza Street uh for years, you know, rockets and, and bombs and everything. And they for the first time they are a source of, of strength and inspiration to the people in the States, uh, with the new challenges right. that you're facing now. Uh,
1: Sivan, we'll get to all the spiritual stuff. Let me get past my tech <laughs> let me let me get past my technical questions for you. So there was a possibility yeah. there was a possibility. If not for the virus, that you would have been here a second year. I don't think we knew that.
10: Oh, yeah. That's a scoop, Nahum. I always yeah. tell you, know, the scoops are always here. J.M. and yeah. that's, that's the place. And also... Uh, we, we started planning that the second year. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, not for sure. But But right. uh, we, we definitely considered there were so many communities and places uh, that wanted us to come. And... Uh, and also, I'm not, I sound like the Israelis who say, "Yeah, just one year, and then right. son, you know, graduate
1: college." <laughs> right? No, that, that wasn't our intention. <laughs> and and um, did you in fact decide to leave, and then actually leave as quickly as the documentary shows?
10: Yeah, yeah, that movie uh, is, um, yeah, everything is accurate. I mean, we, we decided the minute we heard the Al, you know, they stopped all the flights right. to JFK, we realized maybe we're too slow. I mean, something is happening and we don't, you know, we cleaned the house for Pesach, but maybe we should rethink about the whole thing. And then Yadidia, yeah, my smart husband, decided, listen, <laughs> let's get out of here. We booked, it was like 24 hours uh, uh, of packing and flying from Newark. Horrible flights by the way, because of you know, people suspect each other. The way people treat right. each other. Right. You know, you even the luggage, everything is suspe- everything right. is weird. I mean you, you're you all just want to, you know, to get off the plane. Yeah. Um but now I once again, maybe what I'm saying now it's you know, uh it's not nice, you know, speaking because you we left you there and we came back to 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 Israel. Right. Um I think uh, the people. I mean, we we follow. We were in touch with the people in, in the states. We know what's going on. We pray. We dove and we we think about when we talk, we talk about it here, all the time. Even this morning, I had a interview on it. For, you know, Israeli TV. They were interviewing me about what's going on in the states. I mean. I think people are curious and they they, they love you and they, they think about you a lot here.
1: So I mean again, I know I focus sometimes too much on the mundane, but myself and others who are really, you know, curious about keeping house are are curious. Where is everything? Did you ship everything back from the United States to Israel? Like, where's where, where, okay. where's your makeshift studio that used to be in North okay. Putmir? Okay, so if you want to be that
10: practical, Nahum, let's start. I got to Okay, know. if somebody, if one of your listeners is willing to bring us back to Israel, part of the luggage, please be in touch, okay? We have hundreds of books. My kids, they left all the books in the lockers, okay? BBY and uh, Darch. Okay, In Farak we have hundreds of books there. They want it back. And uh, we have suitcases with uh, coats for the winter, and we need them back. Oh, Bring that them to funny. Israel. That is and, funny. And uh, the Hanukkiah, the, the menorah. So, okay, yeah, we still Sivan, have this project. Sivan, does not Hasn't ended yet, but S- okay, Boch I mean, uh, we Sivan, S-
1: Sivan, don't depend on me. The way I travel to Israel, I'll probably bring you one book at a time. So, so but, that, that, and, and I assume, and again, this this is not my business, but you, you've been very open. I assume everything I, is your I, business. I, I, I assume you have someone here who is in charge of all that. You have a, someone here who. Don't worry. Don't worry. That's why i, I just, making. Them, we pack. what we need. Because because Sivana, I was about. I was about to volunteer one of my kids. So Baruch Hashem, you have somebody <laughs> taking care of it. <laughs>
10: No, no, it's not. But so it's not an emergency. I'm sure one day we'll come back right. for the, uh, you know, yeah, lectures and meetings with the communities, and right. then we'll, yeah. we'll see. And, and if you bring, but, but and, basically you learn really something serious. I think you learn something about priorities now. I mean, if you would tell me like a year ago, okay, you will leave half of your things in, in the state, it's like sounds like a nightmare. And you know, we 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 learn to balance. I think each each person that that is listening to us right now. Uh, learn new things about their life and about priorities and, you know, what's really important. So, Bo Hashem. I mean, no, no complaints.
1: Yeah, I got that. And all you got to do is bring your family back here once and everybody gets two suitcases and you're set. Sivan Rahav Meir is with us. Before we move on to the Bat Mitzvah Project, and I love the work you're doing with Mizrahi, and frankly, I've said this to you before and I've said it to my listeners, I never dreamed that the Mizrahi organization would become, again, what it has become so strong. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But you mentioned North Woodmere, you mentioned the five towns, and everybody has their impression of what the five towns means. And I think we could say, and I think you know this expression, I think we could say everything's on steroids. The largest shoals, the best restaurants, plenty of food, as you described earlier. Every activity, every speaker who comes in from Israel and the world wants to address congregations in the five towns. It's really Jewish life on steroids. And we know the negative of that. We know what can happen in a community when there's thousands of Jews and and we understand that, that not everything's going to be positive. But what are some, aside from the physical, what are some of the positives? Can you say that with the thousands of families you interacted with, you're dealing with amazing families who are really committed to Judaism and the Jewish community?
10: First of all, uh, yeah, you described the neighborhood uh, and I think in the best way, but um We lived there, but the center of my attention wasn't five pounds, you know. Five pounds, in a way, they don't need me. Okay, as you said, uh, every speaker from Israel comes there. We felt like we're in Israel. Every day there was a new <laughs> person coming, you know, uh, um, with events there. We really felt like we're in Yerushalayim. No, I think the main mission was meeting the smallest community, communities, the unaffiliated Jews. Uh, we lived there since it was easy, you know, as a family to live there. But right. I was, I remember I was flying just a few examples, okay? The small community of Memphis, the small community in Dallas, meeting small schools in... Um, in Montreal or Toronto, big shows, but also small communities there, uh, all all the way to Orlando, or uh, not only you know Boca Raton, also a huge community right. in Florida, but meeting smallest places, the small places in Orlando with the Israeli community. That I became really connected to the Israeli communities in communities in America. Um, all kinds of places, you know, those places in LA. Once again, not uh, of course it's fun to go to the Valley or to the right. Beth Jacob uh, Congress but also small communities in LA, I mean, um, or in Jersey or Maryland and Washington. It was an opportunity to meet people. It's a beautiful bubble. I mean, you built there a beautiful bu- bubble of identity and you can spend your whole life, you know, between the OU, YU, camps, gap years, NCSY, and that's beautiful. Those organizations are great. But I think millions of, you know, our brothers and sisters are, we should draw them in. I mean, they, they they're not connected to that bubble. And for me, it was a chance to meet them with Hillel or Chabad on compasses. And it was, for me, really a a challenge, and it was fascinating, fascinating. But I couldn't do it without, you know, the the strength you you have in five towns. That's very important.
1: Understood. Phenomenal. Sivan Rahav Meir is with us. Mizrahi, World Mizrahi presents a special bat mitzvah program. If you're looking for a fun way to prepare your daughter for the special age of bat mitzvah, if you want to give her a gift for life that will help her learn Think and Create. It's a brand new Bat Mitzvah workshop led by Sivan Rahav Meir. The program includes four online sessions with Sivan, interactive group learning, skills including public speaking, preparing a Bat Mitzvah speech, interviewing family and friends for a Bat Mitzvah video, writing, reading, and thinking assignments. Uh, Each participant will receive each session's video directly to their inbox, and you will learn all these special things from somebody who can uh, have tremendous influence on Bat Mitzvah Girls. Uh, it, I regret, well, I don't really regret it, but you get my point, <laughs> that, that my daughters are in their 20s. I would purchase this for them at the nominal fee uh, in a second. The dates are four Sundays starting on the 28th of June at 4 p.m. Eastern time. 4 p.m. Eastern time. is for girls aged 11 through 13. It's a nominal fee to the World Mizrahi Movement. Sivan Rahav Meir, what can you add and tell us about the Bat Mitzvah Workshop?
10: First of all, that was the best part you ever had in your show, Nachum. Thank you very much for that. That was the real scoop. Thank you. I think uh, after being there in the States and uh, you know speaking also to young kids, it was the first time. You know, I went to elementary schools, high schools. It was middle school, first time. You know, I'm not a teacher, but it was really fun meeting them and seeing. You know, that that's a very meaningful age. And sometimes it's better than meeting. You know, people that are uh, my age. Okay, you're more meaningful. So when we, we, when we came back, we thought this Zoom thing might be like a game changer. And I opened this workshop in Hebrew, Bat Mitzvah, Sadnat Bat Mitzvah, Bauch Hashem, went was very successful, and we're start, starting a new one. And then, you know, World Mizrahi Movement now, led by uh, Rabbi Doron Peretz, and there's so many great people there, yep. Rabbi Reuben Taragin, no, Ohad yep. Tal, Daniel Cohen, we have so many partners there, we feel, yep. we, feel we want to do more. So uh, we decided to open that workshop in English for for girls from the states. You know, they can, can be think about it. They learn with someone from Israel. I think, I mean, even if the content is awful, <laughs> just the fact that they sit with me for one hour uh, on Zoom. Speaking, learning together, you know, from Israel to the States in English, a little bit of Hebrew. I promise them their Hebrew will be improved a little bit. <laughs> and we watch videos together, and we we get all kinds of creative missions. They go, they interview their grandmother or grandfather. They write at Russia, you know, a speech, an um, and they do all kinds of fun stuff together. And it's, it's very, very, I mean, in Hebrew, it worked well, and now we're studying it
1: in English. Phenomenal. Just great. Everybody out there, if you have a daughter of uh, bat mitzvah age, it is a uh, a wonderful way to celebrate her bat mitzvah by giving her an opportunity to participate in the bat mitzvah workshop led by Sivan Rahav Meir. Again, it's four online sessions. begins on the 28th of June. All those skills that we mentioned uh, will be uh, improved and will be addressed, plus the, uh, the assignments that are given will certainly inspire them uh, to learn further, and uh, you'll have an opportunity uh, to really uh, give them something memorable the the website the website where you could do all this bm for bat mitzvah bm for bat mitzvah dot sivan rahavmeir.com again it's bm dot sivan rahavmeir.com i'm assuming there's information on the Mizrahi website as well bm dot sivan it's officially the sivan rahavmeir bat mitzvah workshop uh if there is someone in your family a, a girl starting at 11 years old make sure to get in touch with this website or the Mizrahi and to get this going so you can give this as a great gift to her at a nominal fee to the Mizrahi movement. And again, it starts on June the 28th to so take care of it as soon as possible. And uh, Sivan, as you mentioned earlier, some amazing people with world Mizrahi under the leadership of Rav Daron Peretz. Uh, I've discussed with my listeners over the last couple of years uh, that, the, that to, to the average person, the Mizrahi world movement was relatively dormant. He has brought it completely back. <laughs> yeah. To such vibrant life. Every one of these steps that he's taken, I would have said years ago, Dayenu, that thank God he would have done this and this and this, and it's amazing. Every st- And this is another great step in reaching out to a very important age group and a very important group in general in our community. So call vote to them. And uh, I hope a lot of people sign uh, up. I, ho- I hope you have thousands of people sign up because I think this is really valuable for the young girls out there.
10: Yeah, Bezrat Hashem, I was in touch tonight with her by Andrew Shaw. He's the head of Mizrahi UK. Yeah. he wants it in different hours. Obviously, uh, right. the girls of London, Manchester, Leeds. We also will open something for them. And yeah, we, Hashem, well, I mean, we uh, we just we just started. <laughs>
1: Sivan, I look forward to getting to israel and uh having a cup of coffee with you and your with you and your beloved husband uh, it, there's nothing like- wo- there's nothing like working with a professional and being together with him monday and wow. uh, and working together was just wonderful and uh and both wow. of you both of you should continue you know,
10: it was his dream you know for him uh, you know hosting something with Nachum sigil he felt like he's you uh, he were his celebrity when he he was younger so he, was really, he was really excited. And Baruch Hashem, you did it for
1: the best cause, you know, to help the Salomons. It was really... And just just to balance things out, we should point out that you had never heard of me growing up. We should should make make sure... (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Sorry. Michael Jackson was my hero. Sorry, (laughs) Nachum. And you're not ashamed to tell people that, which you should be admired for. (laughs) Kolakavod to you. Kolakavod. (laughs) And by the way, we still we still in the Siegel family use your hashtag Parasha book each and every Shabbat. So I just want you to know that.
10: Wow, that's great. Thank Every you.
1: Kalah kavod to you. Be well. Good luck with the Bat Mitzvah program, and thanks so much for joining us. Tadah Raba. Tishmeru refuah shlema. Yes, refuah shlema to all who need it. It's, a, uh, it's an amazing Bat Mitzvah workshop, Sivan Rahav Meir, the website BM for Bat Mitzvah, B M com. Check out the website, and yeshikach both the Sivan Rahav Meir and the Mizrahi World Movement for yet another important project. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM. AM with Shlomo Katz. Cold OD, the name of uh, that selection here at JMN. Wednesday morning on this 3rd of June, 11th of Sivan, this portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at AH. Abelson Hyman, kosher hot dog, sausage, and deli is the world's best as you go to the website at kosherdogs.net. Kosherdogs.net, keep in mind the dads and grads during this month of June. Kosherdogs.net, 10% discount to use promo code radio A reminder from our friends at art scroll the author of the book the power of tranquility or by mayor you did is our guest tomorrow morning seven thirty-five here at jm and the am he'll be with us and um, uh, those of you who want to purchase the book the power of tranquility or the book our man in jerusalem 15 percent discount with free shipping between now and the 10th of june if you use promo code radio at artscroll.com go to artscroll.com always use promo code radio We'll save you some money. And speaking of money, a big thank you to those who have been donating to our 2020 campaign to keep jm and the Malcolm Single Network going on a daily basis. Much appreciated. If you have not yet given, I'm asking you to consider the content, the guests, the spirit, the music that we bring you every single day. Please give. Join our list of supporters. FJBunity.org. FJBunity.org. Again, FJBunity.org. If you want to simply send in a donation, no problem. Uh, it's Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, 551 Grand Street. Again, that's 551 Grand Street, New York, New York, one triple o two. Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, 551 Grand Street, Suite number 3, New York, New York, one triple o two. And I thank you very much for all your generous donations. In the New York area, be careful today. Strong afternoon thunderstorms, hail, damaging winds all this afternoon. Be very careful in the New York tri-state area. The weather's going to be very rough this afternoon. Everyone, please be as careful as possible. Uh, keep that in mind. By the way, those of you who are not um, signed up to get our daily thread and or our weekly newsletter, just send an email to Avrami, af at com. af at com. Ask him to add you to the list so you get our daily thread and our weekly newsletter. Again, that's af at nachomsiegel.com. And again, if you'd like to participate in our fundraiser, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Our intention is that um, on Sunday, we are going to broadcast starting at 1130 a.m. Plus, you'll be able to hear it again at 2 p.m. as we've been announcing on the short videos that we release every day celebrating Israel. So Celebrate Israel Day. The parade was supposed to be June 7th. Is this Sunday. We will be on live at 1130. We are putting together the list of guests now as we speak with the nice words about Israel. And we'll celebrate together. And that show obviously will be archived, available at all times, plus replayed that afternoon at 2 p.m. right after the JCRC event. Don't forget the JCRC event um, is going to be on uh, uh, at 1 o'clock, 1 o'clock Eastern time this coming Sunday. Uh, the JCRC event is Celebrate Israel Parade 2020 with the theme of Todah, giving thanks to our frontline workers benefiting COVID-19 relief. Uh, it'll be virtual, 1 p.m., um, celebrateisraelny.org, celebrateisraelny.org. So we'll be doing the, the pre and post, so to speak, uh, here at nachomsiegel.com. Make sure to join us Sunday at the NSN app and, of course, on the Nachum Siegel Network. Acheneb Israel and Achim Machemer, brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, at NachumSiegel.com and the Siegel Network. And, of course, on the beloved NSNF. Wraps up a great Wednesday tomorrow, Rabbi Mayer, you did, with us here at JM in the AM. Make sure to be tuned in. By the way, Malcolm Homeline returns Friday. Weekly update returns Friday, 7.35 Eastern time. Make sure to be tuned in for that. And have a fabulous Wednesday. Until tomorrow, I'm reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.